Social with Ed Easton Jr. Another week, another crazy time in sports. We are here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio. And just when you think you've probably seen it all, and I'm look, I'm still dealing with the fact that the Yankees are not going to be in the World Series. You know what I mean? I, I was expecting to come on to today's show and just be fully Yankeed out, you know, talk about, oh, we got the World Series matchup, how we could beat the Dodgers, how we could break it down. None of that's going to happen because the Yankees blew a 3-2 lead, lost both games in Houston, and it's it's over, you know, it's, it's over. A magical season, a season where they weren't expected to do much, has finally come to an end. And, you know, you're proud of the team. Trust me, I'm, I'm really proud of the fact that the Yankees did what they did. But you wanted more, I think, as a fan. When you think they go up 3-2 and the way they were hitting in New York to go back to Houston and just be shut out in Game 7, you know, it's it's tough. It's a tough pill to swallow. And, and hats off to Houston, uh, Jose Altuve probably the MVP. I don't think there's any other person, and this whole series proved it for those that were guessing if he was the MVP or not. The guy's the MVP. had an amazing season. Justin Verlander, who was the ALCS MVP, shut the Yankees down both games. I mean, every time he went out there to pitch, it wasn't even, no one had a chance. He's got back to that form that made him an MVP, that made him a uh, Cy Young Award winner. Uh, Justin Verlander is the real deal and still has always been the real deal. Such a critical and great pickup by the Astros at the trade deadline. It was a deal actually I hoped that the Yankees would try to make. But uh, the Astros pulled the trigger first. And nothing, taking nothing away from Sonny Gray, who I think is going to be a good player down the line. It, it, he was not the impact pitcher that people thought he would be since being acquired by the Yankees. And... And it came back to haunt him. I mean, you know, a guy like Verlander came in as a veteran. He's been to the show before. He knows how to come in there and get guys out. And that's exactly what he did. So the Yankees struggled mightily with this guy. And Justin Verlander is a future Hall of Famer. So you can't take that away from him. And, oh, yeah, of course, they showed Kate Upton at the end. I kind of like the fact they didn't show her the whole time. He was, you know, doing what he did during the games. Because that used to be their, their thing. Like, every time they show... Verlander, you gotta show you gotta show Kate Upton. Make sure you show Kate Upton. They ain't show her till the end. So, you know, congrats to the Astros. Yankees have a lot to think about this offseason. Who's staying? Who's not? Is Girardi coming back? I'm actually gonna play his uh, press conference a little bit later in the show because uh, you know there's a lot of question marks regarding him and just the thoughts on the Yankees' future in general. So, gonna hear from uh, Joe Girardi in his uh, post-game press conference speech about the uh, future with the New York Yankees. Other things that were going on, obviously, the NBA is well underway. We had some pretty nasty injuries, a lot of injuries to start the NBA season. The biggest one being Gordon Hayward of the uh, Boston Celtics opening night, very first game, six minutes in. He breaks his ankle in the most horrific ways possible. I mean, the guy's ankle was on the other side I can't even describe it. It was it was up there with the Kevin Ware injury and, of course, Paul George's injury a few years ago during Team USA. Just disgusting. He, uh, it just, if you watch the visuals of it, he's in shock. His face is just, like, 
can't believe what he's looking at. And, you know, the way they had to carry him off the court, you almost seemed like not only, you know, you knew his season was going to be over, but his career would be in jeopardy. And it's, it's the same eerie feeling that you had when you watched Paul George go down. And just looking at the other players, whether they were on his team or against, you know, or the other team, the disgusted look on their faces, they just couldn't look at it. And everyone praying for him, it's, it was a nasty sight. But, uh, you know, Gordon Hayward, man, he's a fighter. I am actually have a two, I have his message that he sent to the fans on the opening night at home that he wasn't able to play right after surgery. I'm going to play that. As well as um, Paul George and Sean Livingston, who both went through horrific knee injuries, are going to give their take on the rehab and the process that Gordon Hayward is going to have to go through. Also, WWE... A lot going on in regards to meningitis, uh, an outbreak, a viral infection outbreak in the locker room, causing a whole bunch of wrestlers to miss the uh, recent pay-per-view, WWE TLC. So you had to bring in these dream matchups, having to bring AJ Styles over to another brand that he wasn't on just to fight for one night. And then the return of Kurt Angle after 11 years of not being in a ring made huge news. Just that whole process was insane. So actually have audio from a WWE.com footage that they put out of Angle getting ready and talking about getting back in the ring, his whole thought process regarding it. Also, I have the expert, the doctor, on wrestling and everything that goes on with it, Dr. Black, sharing his thoughts on everything going on with the people wanting to quit, as well as the TLC event itself, Kurt Angle's return, and Survivor Series coming up. Because there's a lot going on. And with this sickness, how it's affecting the entire roster and the entire plans for WWE moving forward. I mean, it's it's crazy stuff. Also, Jamil Hill. Everybody knows uh, Jamil Hill. She was um, suspended two weeks by ESPN for comments via social media. She shared her thoughts and says that she deserved the suspension in uh, this video that she took with TMZ. So her reasoning is um, it's real surprising that she's accepted it because she's always been a defiant type of person, but she's accepting the uh, punishment. She is back on the six. And, you know, it's just a lot of uh, a lot of moving around in regards to ESPN. They, they, they talked about the, the Barstool Sports. They had canceled that after one episode. People criticized them for even taking on the show because you're going to criticize Jamil Hill, but then you bring on Barstool Sports, which is bar humor and offensive things out there in regards to sports in general, because that's what Barstool is usually even about. And you put them on the national platform. People are going to question it. I guess the questions got to their head office because they canceled the show after one episode. The partnership, the whole deal, done after just one episode. So... It's it's going to be that whole thing with ESPN. It's a lot of back and forth. But hey, this is really how it goes. Uh, also, as a part of the baseball segment, I forgot to mention that the Mets have a new manager, uh, Mickey Calloway. I get to hear from him in his uh, press conference. He was very, very big on just joining the um, the New York Mets and being a part of the organization. So just hearing his thoughts on being a member of the uh, of the Mets and and if he could be that guy that's going to turn them around because the Mets are you know at the end of the day they are the Mets they are a pretty disappointing franchise for uh, many years and I'm not just saying that as a Yankee fan I'm just saying that because that's the facts 
So uh, we got that. And uh, as always, hit me up at Ed Easton Jr. on Twitter, Instagram. Let me know your thoughts. If you have anything you want to say regarding to the show. Um, before we get into the actual baseball, I do want to play this interesting reel of the audio from the crazy, and I mean crazy, Thursday night football game um, last week between the Raiders and the Chiefs. There's different calls on the game from their, both their radio um, stations for Oakland and for Kansas City. And uh, I just think it'll be very enjoyable. So we're going to go to that, followed by some baseball. And, of course, we'll have Dr. Black on later in the show. You're listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton Jr. here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio. Now Peters is playing way off of Amari Cooper on third down and ten off right. Derek looks left. Derek going to throw for the end zone. Caught! It is caught! And again, they just threw it up in the air, and Terrence Mitchell gets outfought for the football by Jared Cook. It's 16 seconds left to go in the game. Again, receivers all over the same spot. Yeah. There were three Chiefs there, and Jared Cook went up and took the ball. They're going to have to they review, review this. They got to sure review he it. caught the ball all the right. way to the ground. It's inside of two minutes. It has to be reviewed. The Chiefs really want this. Sure looks like it's going to come to about the half-yard line. From that's, one, and one that's not two. good, Kendall, because no. they could run more time off. Correct, correct. It was Murray's foot. Hits the foot. Here we go. The ruling on the field has changed. The run was down by contact at the one-half-yard line. He was down with 18 seconds left. Second runoff. Please put eight seconds on the game clock. Uh, Timer. Start the clock on my signal. And then you, you spike it or run a play. It's 30-24 Kansas City. Eight seconds to go in the game. With eight seconds to go in the game, it's still 30-24 Kansas City. The ball is inside the one. Hudson will snap. There you go. They're going to run a play. They've run a fade route. Michael Crabtree. They're going to call offensive pass interference on Michael Crabtree. And the Chiefs still lead 30-24. They may pick this up. No, it didn't no, look no. like much. Here's Rolstad with the whole game. It's not a 10-second runoff because it was a dead ball. Now you're going to be pushed back further. It gives Oakland a little more room in the red zone. But the Chiefs lead 30-24 at three seconds to go. The shove off by Crabtree on Marcus Peters. And there's just no question. The minute that happened, you knew that was OPI. One shot for the end zone. Derek back. Looks right. Steps up. Throws middle. It's incomplete. A fly down. This will be a holding foul on the Chiefs. The pass went through the hands of Jared Cook. Holding. Defense. Number 38. Parker holds. The game will be extended for one down. An untimed down. I can't take any more of this. We need a verdict one way or the other. We're going to put this the five and a half yard line. 
The Chiefs up 30-24. It's boiling down to this. Right foot in front of the left. Carr looks left. Pumps. Throws another fade in the back of the end zone. Flag is caught. Saying it's out of bounds. Caught out of bounds, but a flag is thrown holding again on Kansas City. Cordero did not get both feet in bounds. On the field is an incomplete foul. However, there's holding. Defense, number 21. Murray again. You're getting close enough here, Tom. Is there any kind of mo- uh, moment where Derek could hit his back foot and try to run for it? You're going well, empty here. Yeah, you could. There's You're no going empty here. There's, no, there's nobody in the middle of the field. I need a defensive lineman to break through and make a play. Chiefs put some pressure on Carr. Chiefs 30. Oakland 24. Alawali in the backfield to the right of Carr. Snap. Now rolled out action by Carr. Zips a pass near side. It is caught, and it's a touchdown, and the Raiders win the game. The Raiders, and I think this time it counts. There are no flags. Knees and down, in play, in the end zone. Give it to me loud now. Touchdown, Raiders. Condo. Ready to snap it. Pulled down. Trevecchio's point after is up. And the kick is good. And the Raiders have won. 31 to 30. One of the greatest wins we have seen from this team in years. A game they absolutely had to have. That was one heck of a football game. Sports Social with Eddie St. Jr. We are back. And like I said, we're going to get into some baseball. Going to hear from Joe Girardi in his post-game press conference sharing his thoughts and you know what I'm really interested to see what the Yankees are going to do in the future Girardi obviously was very emotional afterwards so this is his full thoughts after the loss to the Astros followed by Mr. Mickey Calloway coming in as manager for the New York Mets his press conference thoughts so uh prepare to listen and let's see what uh both of these guys have to say you listen to sports social we'll be right back say to the team after tonight um how proud of i was of them um how this hurts i, I understand i've been through it um as a player i've been through it as a, as, as a manager and how it really needs to be the motivating factor during the winter and spring training to get better because i believe this club can even get better um and that was basically the message other questions for joe uh, Billy, what did the what did the four losses here in Houston tell you about your team? Well, I mean, there were some tough losses. We lost two games, two to one. You know, we were in another tight game tonight. Um, I mean, I, I know people are you know are going to talk about how we didn't win many games on the road. You know, there are some other teams that haven't won many games on the road either. You know, we just happened to run into you know a very good team that beat us and i would like to congratulate aj hinch and the astros they beat us you know that's the bottom line and you know there are things that we need to get better on and that will be a focus but again i'm extremely proud of of this group what they've accomplished up until this point but i think there's more there's more and and that's the motivating factor other questions andrew Joe, you said you think there's more. Do you want to be a part of this? I love what I do, Andrew. You know, and, and I've always said the first thing that, that I do is I always talk to my family first. They come first. And because I think, uh, you know, 
when you have a job, I mean, your family has to, has to buy in too. It's not just what you want out of life. It's, it's everyone buying in. So I'll sit down and talk to my wife and my kids and see where they're at and what they're thinking. And, and then we'll see what the Yankees are thinking. Um, that's not my concern right now. Um, I mean, you know, I've, I've had 10 great years here. I, I feel extremely blessed. God has been good to me. Um, and we'll see what the future holds. Uh, Mark, right up front. I know this is really fresh, but when you step back and look at where you were a year and change ago when you guys were trading everybody away and where you are now, having gotten a seventh game of the ALCS, has this all gone quicker than you expected? Um, I I'm sure it, it probably, yeah. Um, but again, when, when I left spring training, I felt really good about this team. I did. And I thought, man, you know, we're going to score runs. And, and that had kind of been a problem for us. And I, I felt good about our club and the leadership in the room. And, you know, I, I can't tell you I predicted, could have predicted the year that Aaron Judge was going to have or even Gary Sanchez over a full year, missing a month, um, the, the improvements that, you know, a lot of our guys made. But, I mean, it is, it is pretty special how quickly they came. And again, I, I really believe that there's more and, and there's more talent down below that are going to continue to push people. Um, but I mean, it was it, it was a lot of fun to manage this group. It, it, it really was. And I, I'm as, as proud of this group as I've been of any any team I've ever managed. George, Joe, they said on TV that CC was sick. Um, did that play into effect? We had some guys that have been dealing with colds. You know, David Robertson's been dealing with a pretty wicked cold. It's been going around, but, you know, as our, our players are never going to make excuses. Um, it, it happens this time of year, it seems. Um, you know, I know there was a flu bug in, in 2009 that was going around. It just seems to happen every year, but we had some guys that were under the weather, definitely. Uh, John, to your left, Joe. Uh, besides the obvious they're pitching, you think there's a reason you guys just didn't hit here in, uh, in Houston in this series? You know, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, it's, you know, again, it's, it's a team that hasn't experienced a lot of this in a sense and, and going on the road in hostile environments. And, you know, we were able to win game five in Cleveland, and I felt good about us winning one game here. Um, but we just weren't able to do it. And you got to give them credit. I mean, they, made, they pitched their rear ends off. And... And, you know, the bottom line is they beat us. I'll take four more, Dave, than Joel. Like we've had some people from the outside that didn't expect this type of performance from you guys going this far. Is it any consolation as far as you guys made it, or is this hurt too much for, for I think losing right in the now way it probably did? hurts too much to really think about that. You know, maybe as you move forward and, and as, as the winter goes on, you know, the, the excitement will be there, um, you know, about what this team accomplished. But, again, we fell short, and, and that's what hurts. I mean, you put a... There's a lot of days that go into a season, and, and now we have to start over, and, and this club has to prove itself again. So here we go, man. I am excited to be the 21st manager of the New York Mets. Um, what a great history this organization has. And I did a little studying up on some of the history, and uh, I already knew that Casey Stingle's uh, number was retired and that he was the first manager ever here. Well, Casey Stingle um, is a guy that, that I grew up every day and I heard his name because my brother is named after Casey Stingle. 
And uh, I was named after Mickey Mantle, so I come from a baseball family. <laughs> my dad, obviously, and my mom are huge baseball fans. Um, the one thing, you know, a little story about Casey Stingle is when Casey Stingle was playing, um, he had a bit of a bad, and, and this is the way it was told around the Ole Miss campus and, and the baseball people in Ole Miss. Um, Casey Stingle's arm was a little sore uh, for whatever reason going into the season that year, and his high school coach where he was working out in the offseason um, in his hometown knew the head coach at Ole Miss where I went to college. And so he said, hey, Casey, why don't you go over there to Ole Miss and help him coach and you can work out and rehab your arm and uh, see if you can get yourself you know more ready for the season than you would have otherwise so Casey the old professor went over to Ole Miss and rehabbed his arm and uh, yeah I thought that was a pretty neat story since I went to Ole Miss uh, coincidentally I at one point in my career had Tommy John surgery um, everybody was the timing of it everybody was leaving to go play professional baseball and spring training and uh, I needed people to throw with. So I reached out, uh, looked on the internet for a pitching coach job somewhere at a college to, to insert myself in practice, maybe help some people out. And, uh, and I ended up finding a head coaching job at uh, a little small D3 school um, down in the bottom of uh, Texas. And uh, I thought that was a pretty cool story because it sounded like Casey uh, did the same kind of thing. So uh, that was really neat. I'm so excited to get to know the players. Um, I'm going to leave here probably tonight. I'll start really reaching out to those guys. A few of them already, have already reached out to me. Um, a couple of them got in touch with me yesterday. I had a great, great phone call with David Wright. And uh, there was a, a natural connection there. And his views on leadership and and what he does for this team are very similar and we're we're going to be able to collaborate very very well and uh obviously having him around is going to be someone i can really lean on to uh help this whole process that we're going to have <clears throat> excuse me so how what are the what can the players expect we're going to care more about the players than anyone ever has before. And we're going to know that they're human beings and individuals. And this is going to be a group that feels that every day we come to the clubhouse. And that's going to be our main concern, is to show them that we know this game is difficult and we care about you as a player, a human being, and, and about your personal life. Um, we're going to value their work. We're going to value the way they collaborate and communicate. And we're going to value their dedication to the culture that we're trying to build. We know that they are human beings and their numbers or stats are going to be a byproduct of how durable, prepared and aggressive they are. And that's it. We're not going to have expectations on numbers. I'm going to have expectations that they're going to work the right way to go put up numbers. And if that happens, great. If not, I'm going to be happy that they worked as hard as they could and did everything they can to go out there and succeed. We will also ask them to do more than anybody ever has before. 
Okay, our group is going to become a team because of our losses, our mistakes, the little rifts we have in the clubhouse. They're going to know that those things are okay as long as we are trying to get better and learn from those things. We're going to use all of those things to strengthen our bond as a group and to become the team that we want to be. And in the end, if we can do that, we're going to be the strongest team we possibly can, and that's going to allow us to do exactly what we want on the field and not have the pressure of those expectations. I am so ready to get out of here and get this done so I can start talking to the players and we can start all the things that we have on our to-do list. Um, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing feeling right now. I'm so honored and flattered that uh, I get this opportunity and I'm looking forward to the best fans in the world and showing them every day that, that we care and we know that we wouldn't have jobs without the fans. And we're going to spend a lot of time showing that appreciation to them as we move along. So thank you for everything, and I'm excited to be here. Following um, sounds that we have, you want to count this really as our sounds of the week. Um, Jamil Hill explained to TMZ that she is okay with the whole suspension from ESPN, as well as Paul George and Sean Livingston giving their thoughts on Gordon Hayward's gruesome injury. And when we come back, Dr. Black will be talking everything with WWE. You're listening to Sports Social. We'll be back. What do you have to say to your supporters? Uh, mostly what I have to say is, like, um, you know, <laughs> this has been a reflective time for me. I'm very grateful for all the people showing support for me. Um, it's very humbling, I, I, honestly. And so... Um, I'm thankful for them, um, but I'm happy to be back. So I'll be back Monday. It'll, oh, that's great. Yeah, I'll be back Monday. It'll be great. And yeah, I mean, I'm just concentrating more on moving forward. So, um, so I mean, people were worried you might be leaving ESPN. Is that uh, any, <laughs> no. you've, you've worked it all out? And yeah, look, it, me and ESPN are fine. And it's just like, uh, I know it's great conjecture to think about what might happen, but like we're fine, we're we're in a good place, and um, I'm happy to be back at the network. And so, yeah, like I don't have much to say beyond that. Well, so what about Twitter? You coming back to Twitter? We miss you. Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah. Coming okay. back to Twitter. The, I, I want people to understand this. Like there was never any restrictions placed on me about oh, really? Twitter. Okay. Never. Um, so nothing even, in your contract forbidding no, you from nothing in this, and so I'll be back on Twitter and uh, I'll be my usual self. But do you feel that you uh, were treated fairly by the network? So here's how this works: is that um, it doesn't really matter what I think. <laughs> uh, I think you know. As well, it I matters walk, to us. No, it matters to people. But like, here's the reality: it's like ESPN acted what they felt was right and you know um i don't have any argument or quibble with that i would tell people absolutely after my donald trump tweets i deserve that suspension <laughs> i deserved it like wow. absolutely like i violated the policy i i deserve that suspension um you know going forward like We'll be in a good, healthy place. It'll be fine, and yeah, so you've I'm looking forward to it. As I said, like the only thing I ever apologize for is like I put ESPN in, in a bad spot. I'll never take back what I said. 
Wow, all right. So I put them in a bad spot and um, yeah, that's the truth of it. Um, I regret the position I put them in. I regret a lot of the people I work with, the position we put our show in. I'll never take back what I said. So you can take that to mean what it means. Uh, I mean, it just brought me back to you know, Vegas and you know, when it happened to me, my incident. Uh, you know, I felt immediately. I felt, you know, I felt devastated. Uh, and I was like nauseous watching it. Just, just going back to that place. So uh, immediately after it happened, I text Gordon. We talked last night. Um, I just you know, tried to give him words of encouragement. Um, just try to be there for him. Is the thing he's facing more? Is it the physical or the mental? It's both, man. It's, it's both. It's Gordon just, he's never dealt with something as bad as that. And then you're dealing with, you know, especially game one of the season. Uh, it's just unfortunate. So it's, it's, it's a little bit of everything. It's physical, it's mentally, I'm sure, emotional. He's, he's, he's in a, a, a different state of mind. Uh, it's just a bad timing for that. And, and, you know, it's, it's, honestly, it's, it's hard to get over that. For me, it was just hard to see that. Well, when you're coming back from, from an injury like that, at what point, how long does it take before you're just not, so you're not thinking about it anymore, either in your life or on the court? Um, I mean, you always think about it. You know, I have a, a bump on my leg uh, for the rest of my life, man, so I always think about it. It's, it's, it's always there. Um, and, and then just being on the court. I'm not as explosive, I'm not as bouncy as I was. Um, and you, it's, it's something I gotta live with now. Um, thankfully, I was able to, to gain uh, you know, mentally and, and learn the game a different way, um, spending my time off. But you know, I, I'm, not watching, I'm not watching the video, but I see the pictures. I mean, just, uh, you know, prayers go out to him. You know, it's gonna be a long road back for him, but he puts his mind to it, you know, he's a man of faith, um, you know, keeps good people around him, you know, Boston's a great organization, they're going to put the best people around him to succeed and to get back, it's going to be a long rehab for him, but, um, you know, he's very capable of coming back and being the same player, you know, he's still 26, 27, maybe, so, um, you know, it's tough watching that happen to anybody in the NBA, you know, it's all brotherhood, you know, you want to see guys succeed, um, in Boston, obviously, championship aspirations, it kind of puts a damper on it with a player like that going down, but, um, you know, he'll be back. Does even seeing pictures kind of make you feel a little Yeah, it's queasy, just seeing, you know, I don't like watching that, especially after, you know, my injury happened so long ago, but seeing something like that, things pop out, it's not normal, right? It's like stuff that happens in car accidents. You know what I'm saying? Football, you see it. It's just, it's bad stuff. I hate to see that. Did you see it before? Did you see it before the, it, like, hear about it before then? I heard about it. Oh, okay. Was it weird, like, even hearing about it just before you're about to go play a game, hear about a gruesome injury like that? Yeah, I mean, you just, like I said, you hate to hear about it. It's a brotherhood. Like, we're just excited to see Cleveland and Boston face off, you know, just like everybody, you know, and you want to see them at their peak, you know, I mean, that's just what it is. You want to see the top players out there compete going against each other, you know, for
for something like that to happen. An injury, any uh, ankle sprain would be disappointing, but something like that, that type of injury, you know, it's just, that's unfortunate. I, I tweeted him, you know, and just said, you know, we're praying for you. Really, God has all the answers. And what I mean by that is, you know, sometimes things happen to you for a reason. Right? It's a cliche, but it's the truth. And it's all about his perspective. That's why I said that he has the right perspective moving forward. You know, stay positive. I think he'll, he'll make it back. Tonight will be very special. Um, you know, the one thing I do think about are my kids, uh, especially the three youngest ones. Um, they've never seen daddy perform. Uh, you know, I have a, a six-year-old and a four-year-old and a one-year-old. Um, for the first time, they're gonna see their dad uh, not be the general manager or, um, you know, not uh, just sit there at home and play with them and, you know, take them to school, but they're gonna see daddy in a different light. And, for me, that's, that's special. It is ironic that I won the world championship, my first world championship 17 years ago, to this day. Um, it's, it's special. Uh, this day will always be even more special to me. It was always a, you know, an incredible day for me. That's when I beat The Rock for the world title, my first world title. Um, that, that, jump-started my career and took me to a level I never dreamed of being. Uh, to come back on this date and, you know, perform in the main event again, um, it's huge. Uh, you can't for, ask for anything more than that. Uh, Kurt Angle's more humble now. Uh, he learns to appreciate things more. Uh, in the past, I looked through that. I looked beyond that. I, I always wanted to be the star, I, and I did it at the cost of my health. Uh, now, it's about family, um, you know, taking care of my kids and my beautiful wife. Uh, it's about staying safe and uh, protecting myself for them. Um, but at the same time, you know, I'm a competitor. I'm a world-class competitor that wants to do everything he can to uh, be the best that I can be. So. There's a mix, but uh, there's a little spot in that brain, that small brain I have, that tells me, just do what you can. Don't try to exceed what you can do. To come here being prepared to wrestle, um, for me, it's like going to the Olympics all over again. You know, uh, that's always how I, that's always how I've uh, set it for my, myself is to, uh, Act like you're in the finals of the Olympics and, and what would your mindset be and what would you do mentally and physically? And that's what I did today. I did the same routine I always do. I always knew I was gonna come back. I didn't know when. I wanted to come back in the WWE for the past four years. You know, I think I had to prove a lot of things to Vince McMahon about my life. Do I have it together? Am I staying clean? Am I healthy enough? You, you say a quick prayer that everybody stays safe and uh, uh, the light switches on. Uh, you go from being a human being to a machine. And uh, when you step through that curtain uh, and you hear the fans cheer, you, uh, it's on. I mean, you, you, there's no turning back. 
uh, it's time to go into beast mode and do what Kurt Angle does best, and that's uh, put on a wrestling clinic. Sports Social with Ed Easton Jr., we are back, and got to talk about WWE, got to talk about all the stuff that's happening right now, TLC and meningitis and people leaving, just a lot going on. So since we're even talking about a viral infection, why not bring an actual doctor on, quote-unquote, Dr. Black, how are you? It's been a while. We're talking the world of, of wrestling. Please help us out in all the craziness that's happened over the past couple of weeks. Whew. From Neville leaving to Nia Jax potentially leaving. Well, she's not leaving. Uh, to Meningitis, as you, as you mentioned, breaking out and revamping the whole TLC pay-per-view. Uh, from the... Invasion of SmackDown on last night on Raw. Whew, where do we start? I mean, you had Neville walk out. Man, that that came as a cataclysmic uh, surprise because a lot of people didn't see it coming, but of course, we the doctors seen it coming. Uh, you saw that coming. Some... You saw Neville being upset. And leaving one of the biggest stars, pretty much the biggest star on 205 Live, and yeah. a homegrown talent. You saw him leaving. So yep. what exactly, looked, you know, went wrong? Because this is is this similar to the Austin Aries situation? Uh, Austin Aries, yes and no. Yes, because Austin Aries at the time was the great, was the best cruiserweight in that uh, division. But Austin Aries also didn't want to be on 205 Live. Austin Aries wanted to be on the main on the main roster with big boys, so that's part of it. Uh, for Neville, it's more of he just feeling disrespected. So him being left off the WrestleMania DVD, him being him also getting slighted off of the pay from 2K, the 2K game, the WWE 2K18 game that just came out. So Usually, every wrestler who's in the game gets a commission off it, off the sales. Uh, WWE decided this year we're going to just pay the 205 Live crew a flat rate. So these guys are being—I mean, this is the entire roster, mind you. So these guys are getting purely disrespected throughout. This just tells you how much value they actually bring to the company and how the company actually values them. So. He also was frustrated about, of course, his position on 205 Live. And then on top of that, his T-shirt that was just, in his eyes, utterly atrocious. So just a whole lot of different factors on why Neville left. I mean, he's a hell of a talent who they just let walk away because, let's face it, they just don't see the value that they had in him. And the only person who can probably reach his level, in my opinion, is Cedric Alexander. When it comes to that in-ring, you know, style that, you know, and it actually looks good when they're in the ring. Everybody else is just a high-flyer, flippy-flippy person. Said has a lot of power to him. He has that power game just like and he has the flip game just like Neville did, so it works. Okay, I, 
I mean, I can definitely see Neville getting a, a contract anywhere else. I, I don't think that's going to be a problem. Oh, yeah. You know, the guy's extremely talented. And uh, speaking to another talent that's pretty unique, uh, Nia Jax. Now, she has not been on Raw the last couple of weeks. And it's not, obviously, she's not sick. But um, nah. apparently there's some uh, backstage issues she's having with her role with WWE. Hence why we're seeing more Alicia Fox. <laughs> I don't get it. The Alicia Fox things I don't get. Uh, but for, speaking for Nia Jax, or on, the, or, well, on the Nia Jax situation, I should say, uh, yeah, she's unhappy with her role, but she's also very burnt out as a, as what's the main thing is. So she will be back. It's not more like she walked out, but also she does have leverage because look who her cousin is. So, and okay, Dwayne, Dwayne, get Dwayne the Rock Johnson guy? Yeah. He's not a big deal. So, yeah, he's not a big deal. Of course not. I mean, he's, he's, <laughs> he's a nobody, but, you know, that nobody really wants to do a lot of things for her. So, I mean, she has the leverage in this case. Plus, uh, the the thing I don't like, and this has been a trend for the last, I don't know, few years, any girl, lady, I should say, who is a plus-size chick, they use, she comes in, they dominate for just a little bit, then all of a sudden, they're gone. Like, Awesome Kong, I mean, she being one of them, uh, Nia Jax, it's just... It's a trend that I'm like, oh, come on. And these ladies are pure monsters, like, in the ring. Like, Nia Jax needs to book, be booked like the female Braun Strowman. And I mean that. She needs to just be there, dominate everyone. And she should barely ever lose. But, of course, she loses more often than not, which makes no sense. So... I could see her frustration because, like, in, if this was a legit fight, who could actually beat Nia Jax? Who on that roster outside of Oscar could you see legitimately beating the bejesus out of Nia Jax? There's nobody. I think the way, the way you book her, and, and like I said, she needs to be booked like a Brock Lesnar, maybe even like the, um, a Braun Strowman. But the way you, yeah. you would book a, a person that's strong, you know, they always have to they lose it by cheating or or some type of controversy, you know? There's never a straight yeah. loss. That's just the way you do it. So, like, she can hold the yeah. belt, but she would have to be a face. And that's fine. And but she's a heel champion. The only way she loses is got to be some WrestleMania triumphant, you know, type of win by, like, a Sasha Banks or something like that. I mean, look, the only person I can, like I said, the only person I can legit see beating Nia Jax is Asuka. So... Because nobody should be able to beat Nia Jax. Sasha Banks is too small to beat Nia Jax. And I love Sasha Banks, but she can't do it. Bailey, hell no. Uh, Alexa Bliss, we already seen what happened when they fought one-on-one, even though it didn't have a clear-cut finish. We we already see the result of what could happen to her. Who could beat her? Legit. I, I don't know. But you know what? She's gotten better in the room. That was always my issue with her. I feel like she couldn't miss her. She was just a big chick, you know? But um, mm-hmm. she's gotten better. Uh, I thought like, she should have had a run by now. And yeah, she should have kind of weird. The way they do the raw belt, don't get me wrong, I think Alexa Bliss is a, is a decent champion because she can talk. That's like one of her biggest things. 
But um, it would have been interesting to see the belt be on Nia Jackson and then her and Oscar fight at WrestleMania or something like that. You know what I mean? Instead of having to yeah. Oscar and the thing again. Because I, I mean, really want to see responsibility, uh, you know, turn and go. I, I think that could be a thing. It needs to happen again. It happened in NXT. It needs to happen again. Exactly. Like, the, like the first takeover Brooklyn when it happened, I was in. I was like, oh my god, this match is crazy. It might have been the match of the weekend, and that's deep to say because that I knew usually that was the match of the night for when they fought that takeover Brooklyn. So imagine that to call that match of the night when you had Balor for the title in the main event. Yeah, that's that's pretty incredible. Yeah, that yeah, because it was uh, if I remember straight, that was KO's last takeover for the uh, yeah. It was. Yeah, that was Balor versus KO. So yeah. Now that's, I got But what's up? No, no. Actually, well, I'll finish what you were gonna say. Oh no, I was gonna say that 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 right there just proves these two ladies together can make something special. So I mean we need to make that match happen. They just keep delaying it for whatever reason. But we're gonna see. They are definitely delaying it and anyone was expecting a shield reunion over the weekend. But apparently, um I don't know, disease control whatever had other Opinions on that, as Roman Reigns is was amongst the three superstars caught with the sickness meningitis. Apparently, yeah. Um, you know they they've been going back and forth for months. Meningitis. Uh, you know I don't know the official term for what it is, but um, let's just say viral infection. So that seems to be the mm-hmm. one they like to use to be on the safe side. You lose Even Roman Reigns. Meningitis. Yeah, viral meningitis. You lose Roman Reigns. You also lose uh, Bo Dallas, who everybody was wondering what happened to him, yep. and Bray Wyatt. Man, now, JoJo. that mattered really were Bray and Roman heading into the So WWE had to switch things up. The uh, biggest switch, in my opinion, was still putting AJ Styles against Finn Balor. Which was To give us it. a dream match. And the funny part is, they they kind of did it reminiscent to like Okada and Omega, and, and I'm gonna explain why what I mean by that. If you watch the Okada versus Omega fight, uh, one of them didn't hit their finisher, like, and it was just crazy because Omega never hit a finish. AJ Styles didn't hit a finisher in this match with Finn Balor. I mean, the calf crusher, you can get out of it more, more times than not. Uh, I don't think he, I don't think he landed a phenomenal forearm. And if he did, he probably landed on the outside. So for the fact that they can have this match again, say down the road, just say at a WrestleMania or something, even though I want AJ versus Nakamura at WrestleMania, uh, you pretty much set up the. I, I mean, you set up probably Survivor. You set up some a, a good Survivor Series match between those two because I can see both of them being on their respective Survivor Series squads. We still don't know what the Raw squad is from after what happened last night. 
Um, but that match was very good for it being announced at just, you know, what, literally, what, Thursday? This happened? They they announced everything was going down this way? I thought it was Friday. Like, it was... Well, yeah, it was, it was Thursday, Friday. Sudden. It was very sudden. Because we all got the alerts on the phones if you have the WWE app. Say, breaking news. Kurt Angle's coming back and AJ Styles versus Finn Balor. That's... Wow. Now, it's just looking at the other side of that. The Kurt Angle... The Kurt Angle comeback with no build in a TLC match. Uh, for Kurt, I I mean, look, I look at it this way: them announcing Kurt pretty much made TLC a must a must watch because. Honestly, I didn't really care. And I'm I'm one of the very few. I am so anti-Roman Reigns now that even with this S.H.I.E.L.D. reunion, I still can't stand him. So I didn't really care to see that match. Um, Even the Bray Wyatt... Finn Balor thing. They have the lead. The build up to it was so weird and out of place that it was just like, ugh. So for seeing Kurt coming back, it was well worth it. It doesn't matter how short or long they gave him because he literally, no, yeah, it was Friday because they said he literally took the physical Friday and he passed the physical. And minutes after he did the physical, they they put out the and he passed the physical. They announced that he's going to take he's going to be the replacement. And Kurt's been off. He hasn't wrestled since earlier this year when he faced uh, Cody, the uh, the American Nightmare. So he, you can see the rest was a little bit there because uh, I don't think he's been in a performance center you know, training for his comeback like most wrestlers do. He just literally stepped out there, stepped out of the bullpen in the ninth and just did what he had to do. Uh, With more time, though, I can see – you can still see Kurt Angle still as – obviously has his moves. I mean, he can still still work. It just – he looked out of breath for a good portion of that, for a good minute. I noticed that. At least he definitely looked legit gassed. He looked gassed yeah, until they early. did the whole kayfabe, like let's bring him in back for ten minutes, you know. Yeah, the closing of the match, like yeah, I mean, he looked, but he looked gassed after Strowman. Pretty much, that's why they had Strowman just put him through the table. It's like, yo, your stamina is not there right now, and he needed that. He needed that little bit of recovery time. But no, he still looked good. I mean, he can, he can still, he can still go if. He actually, you know, gets his in. He has to get his in his in ring cardio back up because that's a whole different cardio, you know, rather than just running on the treadmill. In ring cardio is way different. So that's the only thing I think that's lacking for him. He'll be ready by Mania. Oh yeah, he'll be ready. This <laughs> is a good, uh, good little preview. He'll be ready by Mania. Easily. He looked, he, right. he looked a little off, though, with the uh, angle slam, though, on Sheamus. I got him at that. He did. 
he didn't look like he had his balance at all. Nah, the Cesaro one though was was way better through the table. Yeah, he, yeah, he flung Cesaro like so. I don't know. Nice to right. see him back. Well, obviously he had a very weird night on Monday Night Raw in regards to the whole invasion, or what, what they call it? Is the uh, they the had a speed? Big, I'm sorry. The siege, or the siege they called it, or whatever. Yeah, the siege of a uh, Raw with a uh, SmackDown Live, and they put they oh, oh, yeah. really strong. SmackDown going into this whole survival literally. thing. <laughs> they were they basically put in there. <laughs> it was it was funny. It was very entertaining. But do you think that was the right thing to do to make them look that strong? Yeah, because they keep this. Here's the thing. For years now, and, no, forget that. Not years. Since SmackDown came to be, they've always called SmackDown the B show. They always put SmackDown down. Paul Heyman did it in his promo last night. So for them to show, for SmackDown to show the Raw guys that, you know, we can legit beat the crap out of you guys, that was funny. Because it was like, all right. From a standpoint, all right, I'm going to tell it like this. Without Roman Reigns, without Braun Strowman, shit, leaving out, without even Kane, that roster for Raw, because Brock Lesnar is a part-timer, and we all know that. So that roster for Raw is pretty weak compared to that SmackDown roster that they could potentially put out. Like, I was looking through all the matches, and the 505, it heavily is going to lean towards SmackDown because a lot of the guys for the SmackDown squad aren't champions that that are the main guys, which are Nakamura, Bobby Roode, Orton, AJ Styles, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. You, I just named six guys right there. Uh, any number of these guys you can throw in there. Even the New Day, because they're not champions, remember. So you could put any group of guys together from SmackDown and look at the guys from Raw who aren't wrestling. They they said they're going to hold Roman Reigns out probably out of Survivor Series. So that's already their downfall. Braun Strowman won't be on that team because he's going to be facing Kane. So that leaves you with, what, Finn Balor, hopefully Bray Wyatt, uh, Samoa Joe, because I believe he's cleared now. Um, and then Sheamus and Cesaro. That's it. There's, I mean, who else can you legit put on that team that's not a champion? That, you know, that can actually a whole lot easier if they only if they were only allowed to break, you know, uh, Matt Hardy again. This would have been they a could. lot better. Well, they probably well, yeah, they, yeah, because that's still going on. Broken Matt, but Broken Matt still wouldn't be able. To, listen to the guys I named on SmackDown versus the guys that I just named from Raw. SmackDown is going to literally SmackDown's team can literally dominate the Raw team because of the just pure talent. Finn and AJ, that okay, that's evenly matched. Nakamura versus anybody I just named. Joe, you can see he. He choked out. He beat Joe. 
Joe beat him, but he also beat Joe. Nakamura, in my opinion, is better than Joe. Uh, who's going to top Bobby Roode? Not Sheamus, not Cesaro. Bray? Bray, Bray Wyatt can't win a regular match, let alone a, he can't win a feud. So you think he's going to be able to win that match with the glorious one? I don't see that. It's it's going to be fun to see what kind of team they put together for Raw. The SmackDown team, though, that was just pure domination. I mean, the only thing that I noticed last night, when the women beat up the women from Raw, there was no Asuka in that picture. I noticed that. And you know Asuka will be on Team Raw. Oh, yeah. I, I think it, that's going to be I the... Give it uh... That's the truck card. Yeah. Easily. Well, remember also, SmackDown, it wasn't everybody from SmackDown there. Like, Naomi wasn't there. The Usos weren't there. Charlotte. Yeah. You noticed that, right? But, There's a lot of people not there. But who's who's taking out Asuka? The only way Asuka loses is if Asuka eliminates Asuka by, double, by like, some double count out. Like, her and, say, Charlotte are just fighting on the outside, and they're just throwing blows. That's the only way I can see Oscar being eliminated. Outside of that, that's pretty much their trump card because I'm sorry, there's nobody in WWE, I, no, nobody buried, who can beat Oscar. I just don't see it. They're going to have to wait till Kyrie Sane comes into the main roster to challenge wow. Oscar. That's how. This is how long I think they're gonna have to let Oscar stay undefeated. She's gonna go from Raw, dominate the entire Raw roster, so she gets bored. Go to the SmackDown roster, dominate all the ladies on SmackDown. Get bored. They're gonna have to make a call to Kyrie Sane, which is gonna be at least a year and a half. SummerSlam. Yeah, maybe SummerSlam. Earliest is SummerSlam next year. For Kyrie saying she won't be up on the main roster uh, this this year because I feel at NXT Takeover War Games there she's pretty much gonna win that belt there they uh, the NXT Women's Championship are are they gonna finally crown Ember Moon so well, it's definitely a lot <laughs> to look forward to from a crazy weekend in time in WWE. <laughs> Dr. Black, as always, thank you for breaking down this crazy world that we are all watching, this world of sports and entertainment. Much appreciated. take the time to thank Dr. Black for being on the show as well as for everyone for taking the time to listen and as always hit me up at Ed Easton Jr. on Twitter and Instagram follow the show on keepitarealsports.com as well as the different various networks it's on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio of course number one Um, and you know just let me your thoughts let me know if you want anything extra on the show any special guests that you would like to see on we could definitely make that happen 
And until next time, everyone, have a good day.